on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about being isolated at work and how that really has an impact on how we feel about our job. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We're here, of course, to talk about women in work. We want your work life to be joyful. Yes, joyful. And have meaning. Yes, meaning and ease, which, as you know, is not necessarily easy. We want you to feel and be successful in your workplace. So welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. What's going on in your life before we jump into our topic today? Okay, so I've been hard at work on my year-end vision board. It's this time of year that my mastermind group, my group of eight women, get together and put together our vision for the next year. All aspects of our life, personal, financial, work, spiritual, physical. We just gather words and photographs and pictures, and we create a board that we all put in a special place in our like office or our home where we see it every day. So I'm super inspired to be thinking about next year and what I want and how to represent that on this vision board with a bunch of pictures and words. And how to get it, right? That's that's it. the first step in achieving what you want for next year. When I go back and look at my last like seven, six or seven years of visions boards, it's shocking how many things I wanted in my life that are now in my life. I love it. End of the year, vision boards. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Set your goals and with then wine. meet them. With wine. Wine. Ooh, drinking some wine mm-hmm. drinking and sometimes Manhattans. a little football in the background oh yeah I th- i've been, winter time for me is manhattan time and believe me i'm getting good at making them <laughs> um <laughs> you know i keep a jar in the freezer i know that's Pre-made. why I, that's why i'm always over at your house mm-hmm. exactly um so today's Delish. topic is on workplace isolation and oh my god it you have, have a good impact. story on this it yeah and thank you for acknowledging that for once that my stories are you good have great stories no, i'm joking the um God, I'm a little sassy all of a sudden. It's good for you. Got sassy. So yeah, uh, my story when we were when we were researching this topic kind of brought back some emotions about what happened to me one time, or an incident that happened to me at work that made me feel really isolated, and it was a shocker to me. So as our listeners know, I was. Um, the leader of an organization for years and years. And my office was positioned all the way back in the back of the offices in a place that I like to call the belly of the beast. And the way that my desk was positioned, I could look out the door into a common area that had everything, the coffee machine, the mail table, all of that stuff, right? So if anyone needed to do anything out Side, you know, office related, office task related, they would be out there outside my door. It's like Grand Central Station. It was Grand Central Station. And when my door was open, I could holler out to anyone walking by and make them stand there and talk to me. And it happened regularly. And it was kind of the common thing. I, I kept on up on people's lives. I heard stories about their kids. I heard, I, you know, whatever. I, I saw them struggle with a copy machine. I actually kind of knew what was going on with people and in the office just because of where I was physically located. Well, we had a staff boom and we needed to consolidate offices and mine and back there was the biggest. And so I gave it up and I think it was like 15 people moved in or something. No, it wasn't that big, but it was big, right? So three or four people moved into my old offices and I moved into something that was much smaller. And it was out near right off the main lobby. And being the person who was the executive director, I did not want to be in a position where I was engaging with everyone who walked in the door. The public. I didn't. Yeah. So I hid my desk around a corner. So, you know, you can picture this. I went from being very accessible and seeing, looking out a door, seeing what was happening all the time to hidden around a corner. And I, overnight, I stopped talking to my coworkers. Literally 
I am not surprised. Overnight. And it was really weird. I and I had a side door that I could come and go from where nobody would even oh, wow. nobody would even know if I was there or not. You had to physically walk into my office and turn to the right to see if I was behind my desk. And nobody did. And I stopped having conversations at work. And I stopped nobody even noticed like I said, nobody even noticed if I was there. And it changed how my I changed how I felt about my job. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. I started to almost immediately feel more lonely and less connected. I wasn't part of the, you know, group of cool kids. I didn't know when the after work thing was happening. It was all a function of where I was sitting. And I know having felt that and actually having then taken some active steps to sort of correct that, it made me realize when we were, again, researching for the show it reminded me of a lot of the emotions that I think a lot of other people articulate when they're talking about what it feels like to be isolated, isolated at work. work. Yep. And it is, those feelings are pretty significant. Like you, you talked about, you know, you, you know, when you walk into your office, there's no one there to say hi to you, you know, even worse, if you walk in there, are people there and nobody says hi, right? You're iced, right? You're iced. Maybe that's the culture of the work. Maybe it's you specifically being iced. Maybe people are jerks, but people don't, recognize you or acknowledge you or ask you how you are, have conversation with you. You don't feel like you have a friend in the workplace. Which we know is huge. So important to your satisfaction in the workplace. You eat your meals alone. You have your breaks alone. I mean, this all kind of harkens back to, you know, middle school in the lunchroom, right? We don't have somebody to sit with. I mean, these are still really real feelings for people in a mature adult workplace. Right. And, And they're all so subtle. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you're, I wait, no, I'm here to work. Of course, I'm here to work. I'm not here to make friends or I'm not here to have those kinds of interactions. But it's all these little, tiny, subtle things that really can make you feel like shit. Like being left out. Everybody goes out for drinks. Somehow you're not invited. You find people have done things and you haven't been asked to do it. And yeah, no, I think that those kinds of feelings about not being part of the community or being a part of the group can be really painful. And all of the, Research and the literature and the thinking on these topics tells us that it really, it really negatively impacts your experience at work as far as your just your own satisfaction, but it also really impacts your productivity. So bosses, beware. Isolation in the workplace really impacts your employees' productivity. Massive productivity. Mm-hmm. And also your willingness to stay. I mean, we did that whole episode on Are You Engaged at Work? Mm-hmm. And you had some great stories about people who are disengaged. <laughs> but studies show that when you don't have a friend, when you feel isolated, you are less productive, you're less engaged, and therefore likely to leave and or likely to sabotage your work or not Mm -hmm. engage as much. And what's really interesting about isolation at work is that it actually has more impact on the employee than harassment or bullying. And that was a really surprising piece of information from a 2014 study from the University of British Columbia Satter School of Business. Like, yeah, that was a mouthful. Right. I knew. Thank you. It is a mouthful. <laughs> but it's also kind of a really shocking statistic, right? Yeah. That workplace isolation is more impactful than harassment or bullying. I was surprised by that. Yes. Feeling excluded is significantly more likely to lead to job satisfaction, quitting. Job dissatisfaction. Di- job dissatisfaction. Yeah, yeah, dissatisfaction, yeah. quitting, and health problems, way more so than harassment or bullying. What the heck? So being ignored? Yes. 
And here's the other crazy thing that I just absolutely love. This is from SlackHQ.com and Anahid Dashtard. And I hope I'm saying her first name right. Such a beautiful name, Anahid. She says, this is very interesting. And she's a diversity and inclusion specialist. Thank you, Karina. Moments of social exclusion register in the same part of the brain as physical pain, particularly people for people who have experienced exclusion or marginalization before. Whether in previous workplaces or in other parts of their lives, these micro-exclusions don't get read as a one-off. They get read in terms of a particular history. So what I found so interesting about that is really so isolation in the workplace is the same place in your brain as physical pain. So yeah, so it's studies are showing it registers in the same place as physical pain, and it's more harmful than overt bullying and harassment. Bullying and harassment. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how this happens. Why does this happen? Well, you talked about one really obvious thing, which is how your office is placed. You know, where are you? What is the um, layout of the of the workplace? Do you have an opportunity to interact with your coworkers? Do you not have an opportunity? Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I did, obviously, my story was about switching places in an office and seeing the impact of that on my Um, isolation or socialization. We also changed the way we heated our building. And we went from, uh, you know, like a big heater that heated everything to zone heating. So people went in their office and turned on their own heaters. And during the winter months, in order to keep that room warm, people were shutting their doors. And we had way more people feeling disconnected from a decision that seemed just so completely um, benign and, and it actually wasn't good environmentally probably right. good it wasn't yeah it was good environmentally and it just kept people from being connected at work i will say though that open office spaces don't necessarily remedy the problem mm-hmm. i read a fair bit about how people still feel isolated in those open office spaces because you can't really talk. Yeah, you can't. If you want to talk, you have to get up and move yourself into one of the offices that you actually put your name on the outside of the door, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? I mean, it's like, it's almost in some senses, those big open offices are harder because unless you're going to like pass notes or secret symbols or whatever. <laughs> right. Or, you know, do what I used to love to do during meetings or um, when I was working collaboratively with other people is like instant message them during the meetings and say funny things about other people in nobody instant messages me what probably because i'm not on my phone enough no but in you can meeting. do it on your computer i'll show you thank how you later i'm going to do that i want to instant message people at a meeting so i can say <laughs> so i can talk smack i also think some workplaces just don't have that culture yeah they just are everybody goes to their offices they buckle in they do their work they unbuckle they get in their car they go home so some of that loneliness or that aloneness or the lack of engagement is is culture Sometimes your work might not allow it. Like if you're the reception, well, I guess if you're the receptionist, maybe you have a lot of interactions with people who come in, but maybe not your coworkers. Yeah. So there's certain positions that end up getting kind of captive and not able to engage with the rest of the staff. Yeah. Some also, we're kind of talking, I think, about a larger category of reasons why this happens, kind of like the way that the workplace is structured and Mm -hmm. what the culture is like. And I know a big one that people experience a lot now is telecommuting. Yes, or when you alone. Have, or when you're re- working remotely. Or you're working alone. You're the only person in your company and you work by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The telecommuting or working remotely, though, is a big one. And in fact, it's even worse. I, people experience much more isolation when they're working, when they're working remotely, if all of their co other coworkers 
are part of an office. So picture this. It's mm -hmm. the, you know, office meeting or whatever, staff meeting. And you're, you're the, the only one on the phone. You're the only one on the phone. You can't see everybody. Yeah. You can't hear, you know, you're not hearing all the side conversations and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So there's that whole structure and culture piece. Any other reasons that you can, that you'd like to articulate about that? Kirsten? You work with jerks. Yeah, exactly. There's always that. Yeah, exactly. Your whole culture. Is and I do want to talk, I want to talk a little about the differences we have just as people. Right. So that's another category. It's just like how, who you are may, who you are in relation to the other people who are at your office mm -hmm. um, may also be impacted, impacting. Create some, create yeah. some workplace isolation. You might be the only woman. You might be the only person with children. You might be the only person of color. You might be the only person who is a lesbian. You might be the only person, whatever it happens to be. I mean, it might even be about interests too. Like everybody that you work with, like I imagine in your workplace, everybody being very outdoorsy. Yeah. Yeah. And although not everybody, and I did hear, from several employees that they had a hard time relating because they weren't backpacking or camping or didn't, you know, couldn't come. They were home. on their couch gaming. Yeah, they were on their couches gaming and they didn't come to the, you know, they didn't come to the staff meeting on Monday morning saying, oh my God, you got to check out the sweet powder up at Baker or whatever, you know. They were like, yeah, and I, you know, nailed it on the, I can't even come up. I don't even know. I was going to use an example, but I was going to sound like a total idiot. Grand Theft Auto. Okay. <laughs> They nailed it on Grand Theft Auto. They nailed it on Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I, I actually feel like that when anyone talks about sports. Oh, sorry. I know. Can't you, help you, you know, I love sports. I know. So I'm going to just default to you. I'm going to so bring you anything, anything about sports. Uh-huh. Um, I also think that there can be some isolation when you're the only kind of employee among a group of other employees, like the only salesperson among engineers or the only HR person among salespeople. I mean, it, you can be... Create you, a difference can be created that disconnects you from the usual channels of connection with your coworkers just by having a different kind of a job, even. Yeah, yeah. I also want to acknowledge, and this is not something that I've experienced regularly, but I have experienced it. I think some people feel isolated because, well, the antidote to feeling isolated is to make is making connection, personal connections, and making personal connections is hard if you're shy mm -hmm. or if you're. You struggle in social situations. And Karina, I'm also going to say this. If you're the boss. And it, yeah. You know, honestly, if you're the boss, if you're shy, there's all sorts of things that are internal to you about yourself or just things that are integral, integral, internal, whatever, to your position mm -hmm. that may create a situation where it's not as easy for you to connect with your coworkers. Yeah. Can I do a shout out to the bosses out there? You know, one of the reasons- Super lonely. Yeah. One of the reasons why I was so motivated to start this consulting firm was because it is very, very, because leadership is lonely. And it's not because you don't have the opportunity to interact with people at work, but it's because the kinds of connections that really are appropriate for you to have are pretty limited. Mm -hmm. And even the things that you're struggling with, it's not always fair to share those with coworkers. You don't want to burden them with the same kind of problems you're wrestling with. So yeah, that is a big one we know being is being the only boss. And you know, I don't boohoo, right? I'm not trying to say it's all um, a struggle, but yeah, it's it just definitely does lend itself, different. lend itself. To and obviously people who work alone. Like I have a friend who like just runs her own business. That's just her. She, you know, is by herself all day long. Her, you know, her spouse works, her children are in school and she is lonely a lot of the time. She's a very extroverted and it's a very tough road for her. 
I also want to just talk for just a minute briefly about, you know, you described what was a temporary workplace isolation because of where your office was, and yeah. hopefully that stays temporary. Um, sometimes it's permanent because of something that you're struggling with in your workplace. There's some Something's happening. I had an experience about a year ago where my partner died at work. He died of cancer after a long bout with cancer. And after he passed away, I realized, oh my gosh, I was so lonely for him. Mm-hmm. And our conversations, because he was my you know, he was more senior than I was. He was, we had similar, similar experience and similar ages, kids, similar kids, also similar ages. Our kids even had some similar interests. And so it was interesting for me to have that experience, realize I was lonely and then intentionally make myself go out and re-engage in the other connections that I had. So instead of just being lonely for missing him, mm-hmm. I made a big point to get out and talk to my other partners and to just, you know, really just try and be more engaged to kind of fill in the gap. And I think over time it works. Yeah. So what what specifically did you do when you were r- wrestling with that? You're saying you, you talked to your other partners, which is great, made a point. I made a really, I used to talk to, I Bruce and I would have a conversation probably every, most most mornings he would come up and he'd have a cup of coffee and sit in my office for 10 minutes before we started the day. And so I made a point when I came in in the morning to go around the office. Like instead of getting coffee downstairs, I'd go upstairs and get coffee and I'd walk around the upstairs and I'd say, hey, to the associate here or to the paralegal here. And I would run by the receptionist's office her front desk and say, Hey, how was your weekend? And so I use that 10 minutes to like make my rounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. great. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of bringing us to to solutions. Any other things that you did that you felt like was really meaningful or or impactful? Time. Sorry. What time is it? No, just waited. (laughs) No, I just (laughs) took time. It was a temporary thing and it just took time to re kind of settle myself. That's so funny. I thought you were asking me what time it was. Because like, you know I'm always about the time. I know. I was like, I'm your little I'm snapping my fingers. <laughs> Timekeeper over here. <laughs> just you took me off the rails for a second. You know, one of the one of the things that also I think you've you've told me about too, it's like you take your computer out to the main room and yes. sort of work in a way that was more public. Mm-hmm. So I think it's if you're trying to If you feel isolated at work, doing these things really helps mitigate it. And sometimes I'll grab my computer and I'll go sit on the couch that's kind of outside of our reception area. We have a workspace that's got a big table and sometimes I'll put my stuff out there. And so anytime I get a chance, like even to go read something, sometimes I'll go like, oftentimes I will even sit in our waiting room to read something. Mm -hmm just because I want to be in a different place and engage with people in a different way. And by the way, it's not like I'm super social not doing my work. Just to be clear, like I really do, (laughs) I'm in my office, I'm doing my work. I just try and make it a point to not always be, you know, cloistered away in there. Yeah, if you're head down, Mm -hmm. nobody ever Mm -hmm. interacts with you. Clearly it has some impact. I'm kind of looking at the other things that if you are feeling like this at work that people can do and – Obviously, give it some time. Try to make some, you know, real connections Mm -hmm. with folks. You're going to be doing them a favor, too. 
I mean, unless you're bothering someone constantly, right. you know, you really are going to be doing yourself and someone else a favor. Um, if you work from home and you're the only and your tele the telecommuter, figuring out a way to instant message people or engage with your coworkers in a different way is going to be helpful, and or making you know dates, making sure that you you know make, my friend it, who owns her own business does she makes lunch dates. She works outside of town. She comes into town for a lunch date with somebody a couple times a week. It's like an intentional thing that she does to try and engage more deeply, you know, with other people. Yeah, whatever it is. And, you know, being a joiner, some people are able to do that and some people aren't. But truly, just if just finding a way to have some human to human contact at work will start to kind of soften the edges of this. If you're volunteering for things, yeah, you know, who's going to put together the company picnic or the company holiday party or whatever. Yeah, all of those sorts of things give you the opportunity to mitigate those negative feelings and when you, that you experience when you're isolated at work. I also just want to just call this out too. People need to have a life outside of work. Mm-hmm. You need friends and social connections. Work cannot be like your primary social engagement, really. Yeah, that's not healthy. Mm-mm. So we're looking for something slightly ratcheted back from exactly. that. Yeah, it's not healthy. So if you're a, a manager, if you're in this situation and you're noticing, oh my gosh, my uh, workplace does feel a little bit like we, you know, we are, there are a lot of people here who are isolated or, oh, I feel isolated or maybe that other person. Do you want me to come up with another example? I just keep rolling off them. No, no, you're doing great. (laughs) What can you do about it? And I'll tell you, one of the things that I experienced or I felt like I did was try to normalize socializing. And so, you know, we know managers and leaders have a different impact on the place that they are working. And if you're person, if the person in charge sort of models some behavior, it tells the rest of the workers that it's okay. And so creating that culture where it's acceptable when someone's standing at the copy machine to chit chat with their coworkers or to lean on my desk and wait for the job to finish does really have a tremendous impact on this. And you know, this is we're talking three to five minutes, not 20. No, dear God. Right. I mean, that's the thing, too. Just these little touches with people, these little dips in are, I think, what really, you know, starts to form good relationships, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Other things I think you can do is, you know, do what I did, which is assess the um, physical space. I mean, really looking for, I don't know if you do this, but I'm always assessing, I was always assessing ergonomics. I'd look at people and go like, we need to get you a different chair. We need to get, you know, we need to get you set up so you're not hurting your body. Well, it's kind of the same thing. Like your desk is crammed over here in the corner. You know, how does that, do you interact with your coworkers regularly? We didn't have any chairs in our break room. Our break room is really small. So there's no chairs in there. So everybody would just like heat their food up and go back to their desk. So we just created this little space out in the middle of one of our office areas where people can gather. There's like a table and chairs. And I mean, it's not ideal because it's not in the quote unquote kitchen, but it's right outside and people can heat up their lunch and sit there as opposed to cloistering themselves back into their office. Yeah. Even the like picnic table outside Mm -hmm. the office, if you know, for nice days. One of the other things that I... On a heat. On a heat. I just love that name. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, mentions in the article on Slack HQ is that leaders should look at who they themselves are gravitating towards and who they are leaving out. 
because, and she says, unfortunately, they're setting those patterns for the entire workplace. So if you're, if you're a leader and you have your quote unquote favorites, or you have the people that you work with more regularly, and you're not spreading that kind of attention or energy evenly, you're intent, you are actually unintentionally, perhaps, or intentionally leaving others out, creating uh, feelings of isolation. And this leads me to something that I care so deeply about, which is that we are all in the workplace, leaders in some way, shape, or form. We talk about this all the time. Lead from where you are. And I think that you talked about a manager doing this, but if you are a coworker, like a by the bystander, right? And you see somebody who you think might be isolated or who's not engaging in conversation or doesn't feel connected or never comes to a company event, right? I mean, I just want to really encourage you to behave to others as you want others to behave to you and not vice versa. Like get out there and make connections with that person. You know, hey, we have a 10 minute break. Do you want to walk around the block? The weather is beautiful. I'm going to run down and get a coffee. Do you want to join me? I just really think that it's because those kinds of experiences that we do kind of for others, right? I think have this wonderful effect of really enriching us. So like you talk about managers doing it, and I'm just going to call out to all workers, yeah. we should all be doing it. Yeah, it's a great point. And thanks for giving me the smackdown because it's not well, it just managers. Up. It wasn't the smackdown. Thanks for giving me the lift up. It was up. the lift up. You're true. No, you're right. You're totally right. And it is absolutely imperative that we start to pay attention and ask ourselves that, that very question, who are we leaving out? Mm-hmm. Who are we leaving out? Yeah. And then do something about it. How can it. we go get them? How can we go get them? Yeah. Um, How can we get them in the circle? Yeah. The workplace will be more productive. You will be feeling better about your work. You know, and all of those statistics that we quoted at the beginning of the show, hopefully we'll have an impact on. So put your red capes on people and get out there and fight workplace isolation. (laughs) (laughs) I know we're cracking up about it, but it's just because we're so goofy. Because I really believe it. No, I think it's important. It is very important, as we heard. So, And that was like a red cape for for, uh, Superwoman. Oh, yeah. I didn't get the gold cuffs fast enough for Wonder Woman, or I would have used that. Put your gold cuffs on and get out there and fight workplace isolation like Wonder Woman. <laughs> you really know your uh, superheroes. Super I do. Heroes. I love superheroes. God, I learned something about you every mm-hmm. time we do this. Incidentally, I have to say to folks, one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast with Kirsten is because it battles my own workplace isolation. I spend a lot of time alone, too. And it's really important to me, as Kirsten will attest. I have a list of stuff I want to talk about. I love the second it. She I just love it. Door. It's the best. I'm like, yay, you saved up all the good stuff for me. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for, for joining us, people. Yeah. Thanks for working. Yeah. And thanks, thanks for doing your best out there. And thanks for taking this seriously and helping lifting each other up. That's what we're all about. I'm not smacking down. I'm sorry I said that. bye bye Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts you can also find us on YouTube Facebook Twitter Instagram on our website or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com Thanks for listening. listening.